Welcome to the Mapped Out Money Podcast, where we help you understand finance and manage money so you can get on with living your adventure. You're listening to episode number six, the third episode in our three-part Money and Marriage mini-series. This episode is sponsored by our Amazon affiliate account. <laughs> All of these sponsors. I, I mean, they're just knocking down our door. I know. We have so many. Yeah. So this one, if you go to mappedoutmoney.com forward slash resources, you can see a list of books and other things that Hannah and I uh, really like and think would be helpful for you. So you don't have to just buy the book on our site, right? You could go click and then buy uh, a bunch of your groceries or, you know, whatever else you want. Yeah, you can just buy your normal stuff. Yeah. If you want to help out, uh, help us out, that is one way to do it. We would really appreciate it. Mappedoutmoney.com forward slash resources. So Nick, why don't you get us started by telling us what we are talking about? So today we are going to talk about how good financial habits don't always start with your money. See, the last episode, we gave away a handful of tips that would help you get on the same page with your spouse and make budgeting with your spouse more enjoyable and you know easier to do. But building good financial habits doesn't always start with money because you may have implemented those tips or you may have tried stuff like that in the past. And they didn't work. And it didn't work for you. We get emails from people all the time that say, I've tried everything with our money and we just cannot agree. We can't work on it together. It just doesn't happen. And so if that's you, then this is the episode that we're really talking to where you're at. Yep. This is the starting point if you feel like you've tried to address your money in every way that you know how and it hasn't worked. This is where you start. This whole idea or kind of the topic of this episode is really going to be playing off of the idea that if married people are trying to, let's say, improve their sex life, it doesn't start with the techniques that you're using in the bedroom, okay? Most of the time it starts with the relationship foundation. And the same is true in your finances. If you're having a really hard time getting on the same page with your spouse, we would say probably don't start with money. Start with finding ways to get on the same page with them and build your relationship outside of your finances. Yeah, money is important. Finances are important. And how you choose to tackle that is important, but it's not the foundational block that everything else is built off of. And even though the title of this series is Marriage and Money, here in a few minutes, we're going to give a few tips for how this can actually apply for single people as well and how this comes up. That being said, let's go ahead and jump in. So when it comes to couples, if you try to sit down and do some of the stuff we talked about last episode, like for instance, dreaming, right? Talking about your goals together. And all you've been doing lately is arguing about your money. Or even just living like roommates. Yeah, just living like roommates. Yeah, if you're going about your life, your spouse is going about their life, you're not really connecting on things. Sitting down and trying to dream about what you want your future to look like together is either just going to be fruitless or it's going to be really irritating and probably spur an argument. That's right. It's it's not going to certainly be productive for your money conversation. And while we're not couple or uh, relationship experts, I think we can talk about <laughs> by, any means, by yeah. any means. Yeah, I think we can talk about a few things that that have worked for us whenever it's been particularly stressful around money or something else. Uh, and, and that is really getting back to, you know, thinking, OK, well, what brought us together when we were dating? You know, what brought us together in the first place? What do we have in common? And let's start there. Yeah, it's really important to find things that help bring you together in other ways. And I think we do this so naturally when we're dating. You know, you go on dates to hike together or go get coffee or play a board game or whatever it may be. And then when we're married, life kind of starts to get in the way and you can fall into the roommate type living situation really easily where you're not connecting and you're you're not growing your relationship every day intentionally. Yeah. And, you know, we don't have kids or anything, so we 
definitely can't speak to what it's like. But when speaking to friends who do have kids, I think it's very easy to fall into a rhythm where you're really not getting that time as a friend with your spouse. Everything is work or take care of the kids or do this. And when you are talking, it's like making sure it's a very intense conversation of taking care of the bills or making sure, you know, so-and-so has whatever they need for their activities at school. You don't have the the friendship. It's it's easy to lose. And as this is kind of a side note, but I know a lot of people are skeptical of listening to, to like younger people about anything that has to do with marriage. And so Nick and I recognize that we've only been married for like, what, five and a half years yeah. at this point. So we're marriage babies and we know that. But we've a lot of what we've learned, we've gotten from older, wiser people who have been married a lot longer than us. So and plus, I mean, you know, we learn stuff from people all the time who have been married for two days. I think that one nice thing, maybe to to a good reason to listen to people who are newer at something, is because it reminds you of what it was like when you were there. Yeah. Not that you're always looking for advice, but you can remember like, man, I remember what that was like. Well, it gives you a different perspective. Yes, that's right. Because we get so distant from that. So, yeah, I just think, you know, Nick and I feel like we can learn something from everybody. Whether, you know, even people that we disagree with, there's there's something that we can pull out of a conversation that either gives us a new perspective or makes us think about something differently or whatever it is. You know, I think we can learn from anybody. Well, and as counterintuitive as it may be, counterintuitive as it may be. <laughs> Tongue twister. We live in 180 square foot. We have no kids. We're with each other all the time. And we can go days absolutely without having an actual conversation yeah we can just going through the motions of okay getting our work done getting dinner ready going to buy the groceries doing the laundry whatever and then we'll look up and go like hey we haven't really like seriously paid attention to each other in a few days yeah Yeah. so i know if it's possible for us to do that then it's definitely happening when you don't work together in an airstream airstream, and you have children you have children Yeah. yeah so you know, for us, a couple of practical things that we've noticed if our money conversations or if any conversations start getting a little tense, it's probably an indication that our underlying relationship or friendship is a little bit rocky or just rusty. Yeah. So I think some of the things that have worked for us here recently is intentionally choosing activities that we're going to do with each other that give us something. So um, you brought up the idea of doing a buddy read. Mm-hmm. And we got we got that idea from um, He Read, She Read. Yeah, their podcast. Yep. So it's a great podcast if you're interested in reading. But they do buddy reads. And so Nick and I decided that we were going to start doing buddy reads. So every six weeks, like, we pick a book to read together. And then we just intentionally set aside a time to, like, sit down and talk about that book. And uh, we've loved doing that. I we've think it's really been really fun. It. Yeah. It's also been fun. Um, thus far, we've chosen books that have some sort of, um, you know, either movie or television component. Like there's mm-hmm. something that was made after them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been fun to end our six weeks kind of watching that and talking about the differences between that and the book. And it's given us something engaging to talk about that isn't serious life stuff. You yeah, know? but it's also not um, fluff. You know, it no, brings yeah. up some important it's a good points, balance. too. Yeah. It's a good balance. So it gives us some some good, deeper conversations that tend to come out of, of reading. And it may not be, you know, it may not be reading, but it could be, you know, exercising. That's, that's one thing that we do that I, I think a lot of couples don't take advantage of because um, they feel like there's maybe a natural... Um, difference in level of ability with exercise. Yeah. Um, We've always kind of made an intentional point that the relationship building aspect of us working out together 
is more important in my mind than um, just the level of intensity. And we've always found workouts that honestly we can we can we both, can both do, do at our own intensity level yes, and right. still do it together and still do it together. Yeah. So you know, I think I think sometimes that's an excuse. You know, sometimes yeah. so. I think that's another way. And even just, you know, taking a walk together. And you might feel like, well, we don't even have anything to talk about. Well, if you feel like that, go on a walk and listen to a podcast. And that will spur some sort of conversation. Or at least it always does for us. I mean, we're always like hitting pause to be like, that made me think of this thing over here. Totally. So I think think good conversations come out of things that maybe you don't expect them to come out of. Yeah, I think it's easy and natural to grow apart if... You struggle to have go conversation, and then everything that you're doing in your life is also separate mm-hmm. from the music you listen to, the TV shows you watch, all that stuff. Whereas if you can at least find commonality there, it does give you something to talk about, which I think is huge. And if you start those conversations, even if they don't seem like hard-hitting conversations, they build on each other. Yes. So it's the same thing that happens um, you know, like with your health. If you decide, I'm going to start working out more. And you're, you're not trying to lose weight. You're not trying to do anything other than just be a little bit more active. After you do that a couple of months, you're probably naturally going to start thinking more about what you're eating and trying to eat a little bit healthier. And then after you do that, you might start thinking about lifting heavier weights so that you yep. can bulk up a little bit muscle-wise. One thing leads to another, and it builds on itself. And that's what happens with conversations with your spouse, too. Totally. That's exactly right. And you know, ultimately, the way this loops back into your finances is that if you're having a really good conversations with your spouse, if you're enjoying time, if you have a good friendship, if if all the other areas of your life are on point and you guys are clicking well, now introducing the stuff that we talked about last episode of getting on a budget and tracking your money and having empathy and dreaming together, all that stuff's going to be much, much, much easier. Absolutely. And I do want to touch on the fact, too, like Nick and I are Christians, and so we believe and live by the fact that our marriage is built on the foundation of God. Totally. And so that's like the number one thing that we work on to improve when everything else feels like it's a little bit off. We know that that's the area that we need to go back to and then build from there. Yep. And when we can sort of get that done correctly and and rightly individually, and then we start talking more about the Bible together. Everything else is going to fall into place. Everything else falls into place. Yep. Okay, so let's shift the conversation a little bit and talk about somewhat of how this applies to single people, because I I think it does apply just as, as strongly, even though it looks a little different. Yeah, I agree. So you might be a person who is not naturally drawn to finances and dealing with your finances and you're you're more inclined to kind of stick your head in the sand and be clueless about your financial situation. And if that's you, then it may not be the best thing for you to start trying to be super intense about your finances. Nope. I yep. Yeah. So pick something else that you like we were talking about, things build on each other. So pick another productive habit or another beneficial thing that you can implement in your life that is more appealing than finances. So maybe finances make you want to cringe, but you are really into health and fitness. So you decide, instead of watching an hour of TV every night, I'm going to work out every night instead. And I'm going to improve that part of my life. And getting more productive in that one area might lead you to reading a book on nutrition, which might lead you to listen to a podcast on nutrition, which might lead you to start 
listening to another, you know, series of podcasts that somehow lead you to somebody who says something about finance or some other part of your life. But all all of those things like ideas cross pollinate and one thing leads to another and things build on themselves. And so I think starting with where you're at is a great strategy for making improvements in lots of areas. I think that's totally right. And I also think one example that points to that is the fact that the most successful people in the world, quote unquote, successful, right? A lot of times in our culture is defined by, you know, wealth or building a business or athlete or something like that. But a lot of the most successful people actually have a lot of things in their life clicking well. Mm -hmm. Can you find the example of the super overworked, terrible relationship person who's a billionaire? Yes, of course, you can find that person. But overwhelmingly, a lot of those people work out every day, Mm -hmm. read every day, journal every day, have good relationships with their family, Mm -hmm. and are good with their money, and run a successful business. One aspect of your life, getting that one aspect of your life in order will absolutely start to bleed over into other aspects. So if finances seems incredibly overwhelming and like tracking every single dollar and trying to make a plan and do all this stuff seems insane to you, start with something else that seems a little bit more palatable and then eventually work your way into finances. Totally. And then, you know, once once you do make your way to finances, start small. So don't feel like you have to build the most detailed budget that's ever been. Start by just saying, okay, I'm just going to go about my normal life, but I'm going to track what I'm doing. That's right. Just so that I know where my money's going. And then from there, you can, once you you know where it's going, then you can say, "Mm, I don't want so much of it to go to this one area. So you can decide ahead of time, like, I'm going to spend less on this one thing maybe. And then that can lead you to doing more of a proactive budget in your entire you know, financial life. But you can start really small and build on that. You don't need to start out perfect. And also starting small in the amount of time you dedicate to a specific task, right? Mm So, you know, for us, both in our business and in our personal life, we run everything in six-week cycles. And so what that means is if we're going to try and improve a certain area, maybe our fitness or our finances or our sleep or whatever it is, we will say, okay, for the next six weeks, I'm going to focus on doing this sort of one thing. And I don't really think about past six weeks for the most part. You know, I think Mm -hmm. long, long, long term, like I know that getting my health in order will help me. But in terms of specifics, it's just the next six weeks. Mm -hmm. And then after six weeks, we reevaluate, see what worked, what didn't work, and we go from there. And what's really interesting with that, like the first time that we were doing a six-week cycle, um, I was trying to be more intentional about reading more. And so I was really tracking like how much I read. Well, by the time we got to the end of that six-week cycle, Reading every day was such a normal part of my routine that I didn't even have to track that anymore. I just I pretty much let that drop off completely for the next cycle as far as tracking goes, because I thought I just naturally do this now. Once you build a habit long enough and this this will happen with finances, especially like budgeting stuff. Once you get into a habit of doing that, you will get to a point where you can't imagine not doing Mm it. I mean, the amount of people that I've seen in the YNAB Facebook group or even emails that have, you know, been at it for six months or nine months, they literally are like, I don't know how I lived my life before, you know, budgeting my money. Yeah. And, you know, I'm in the same boat right now with fitness. Right now I have to track working out because it's it's really tough for me to stick to it. But I don't track checking my budget. Yeah. I can't imagine not checking the budget. So to your point, 
it will grow and it will become easier over time for sure. And we can't talk about habits without giving a quick plug to James Clear's oh, yeah, Atomic sure. Habits. Yeah. That is such a helpful book. Nick and I have both read it. And I mean, it is just jam packed with actionable information on how to implement new habits and live a more productive life. It's an awesome book. You know, and, and one of the concepts that you know, he has in that book is this idea of when you start a really, really small version of a habit, it can grow over time into the thing that you really want to be doing, which kind of loops back to what we said earlier. Don't start out with your finances too intense, whether with your spouse or, you know, by yourself. Like with you, you've been wanting to, you know, read classic literature mm -hmm. and sort of read some of these bigger, more dense books but that's yeah. not at all how you started no definitely not so like even gosh even like six months ago yeah i hardly was reading i've always like liked you reading liked in general but i just wasn't doing it, it i wasn't was, active yeah i was watching netflix more um and so i stumbled across the podcast modern mrs darcy and just decided to listen to a couple of episodes i ended up really liking it and then listening to that made me want to read some of the books that she had recommended. Um, and even, I'm talking just like super low key books, like the printed letter bookshop, you know, nothing hard hitting. And then from there, I kind of I thought, well, I like this book podcast. So maybe there's some other book podcast out there that I like. So I found He Read, She Read, and that ended up leading us to doing some of the buddy read stuff. And then I found um, Strong Sense of Place, and they talk all about, like, travel and and reading. And so that opened up a whole kind of new area of reading and exploring different cultures through reading. And then I, I came across episodes of, like, The Art of Manliness that we've talked about in previous episodes where they talked about um, reading classics and all those types of ideas. And so it it gradually led me to a place where I wanted to read some deeper things other than just, you know, the latest fiction book that's out. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that you don't still sort of sometimes want to read that stuff. Oh, totally. Yeah. But it has grown. And if you tried to read like some deep, you know, classic literature out of the gate, that's not going to be helpful for actually developing a love of reading. Absolutely. And um, like that art of manliness episode where they talked about reading um, that we've discussed before, you know, they talk about how um, it's a cycle. So, you know, I'm you might read just a super fluffy novel, but it gets you interested in maybe the, the storyline of Pride and Prejudice. And so you go and read Pride and Prejudice, and maybe that gets you interested in that time in history. So then you go and read read a lot about the history of that time and society and, you know, whatever. Um, all of Exploring all those interests lead you to like a deeper place than you you would have gotten to before and then after after you explore that to its full extent then you know you might want to go back to a to a fluffy novel again and then the whole process starts over but it you leads you down another path but of yes interest. that's totally right and and i think the point that is so key there is developing that love at first and then that leads you to this and that and that it reminds me of an amazing TED Talk that I watched actually years ago now uh, by Seth Godin. And I forget the name of the TED Talk, but if you if you Googled Seth Godin TED Talk education, um, you'd find it. So, Hang on and I'll tell you. Okay, so Hannah's looking it up. As, let me tell you about this though. So in this talk, he starts out the talk by talking about the education system and sort of how we got to the education system that we got to and giving you somewhat of the history about it. And you realize that the education system that we have today 
doesn't make the most sense for helping kids develop a love of learning and a love of, you know, all these subjects that we teach them. The way we got it was by, you know, wanting to basically build human robots to work in factories. And so what he says is, if you wanted to, to teach a kid to love baseball, how would you do it? Would you give them a textbook and tell them to memorize the top 150 pitchers over the last 100 years of baseball and be able to recite them in alphabetical order? Yeah, I guess how to make like every kid hate baseball. Yeah, that, that right there. <laughs> and it's exactly what we do in our education. It's exactly what we do. And it, it's more importantly, it's exactly what we do in finance. Yeah. Right? So, Well, we try to force ourselves to tackle things that way a lot. Totally. totally. Yeah, so Seth Godin's TED Talk is called Stop Stealing Dreams. Stop Stealing Dreams. That's a great, gosh, that's a great title. <laughs> I should remember that. Yeah, so check out that TED Talk. Um, but the, the point, the broader point here, of course, I'm trying to make is, don't start out with your finances that way. Whether you're married, don't do that to your spouse or single, don't do it to yourself. If you're struggling with your finances right now, it may not be finances. Don't start by trying to read the textbook or do the most intense version of budgeting or tracking your money you've ever seen. Yeah. Start small, focus on the underlying things, focus on improving other areas of your life. If you're married, focus on your relationship in other ways. Totally. The finances will eventually come. The Art of Manliness podcast that this kind of idea ties into is episode number 587, and it's how to get more pleasure and fulfillment out of your reading. But the whole idea is following your whims. And so he talks about, you know, not forcing yourself to read classic literature that everybody says that you should read and that you're going to learn so much from. He talks about starting where your interest is peaked and that that's naturally going to lead you to to really beneficial areas that you're going to want to explore. So he talks about following your whims, reading at whim. I think that's super smart. Speaking of following your whims and stuff that you like, now it's time for the stuff we like segment. Today, I'm going to share one of my favorite podcasts, all-time favorite podcasts. It is called Hardcore History by Dan Carlin. This is probably nothing new to you if you like history because uh, it is an amazingly popular show for a good reason. Dan Carlin is incredible. The two main reasons I want to share this is, number one, if you've ever been into history or not, I think you would find this fascinating. If you're into history, you'll love it. If you're not into history, give it a chance because it will make you love history. He has such an amazingly fascinating delivery. Here's the second reason I want to share this, though, which is even more important. It will give you perspective. It will give you perspective on your life where you're at, and all the amazing things that we should be grateful for, because he does a phenomenal job of covering, I mean, true atrocities, you know, that have happened in the world up to now, and explaining them in a way that really gives you context on the world. One of the series that he's right in the middle of doing at this moment is a series on World War II, but from the Japanese perspective. And so he's done World War II in the past, but this time he started out in Japan and is basically working his way west uh, rather than looking at it from the U.S. perspective, which has been super fascinating and something I, I've never really seen or um, or heard of. And it's just been really interesting and eye-opening for me. So, And I you, think perspective is something we, we could all use we right can now. We <laughs> all use some perspective. Yeah. So check that podcast out if that sounds even remotely interesting to you. All right, so to tie a bow in today's episode, if you're struggling to get on the same page with your spouse about money, start investing in your relationship in other ways. The better relationship that you have in general, the easier it's going to be to get on the same page financially. 
And if you're single and you're struggling to face your own finances head on, then spend some time investing in other productive habits that don't seem as daunting. When you get these other areas of your life in order, you'll eventually be able to get the money stuff in order as well. As always, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you want to give us any feedback, we would love to hear it. Send us an email, nick at mappedoutmoney.com. It would really mean the world to us to know what you're thinking so far, especially since this is only episode six. We're still very, very new at all this. If you have any questions, we would love to hear those as well. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week. See you later. See you later.